What have you done here? Sorry. I don't want to break the whole PA. There we go. Good. Incompetent as ever. Great. Good to, uh, to be here. One of our things as a church, uh, which you'll see from the, uh, the banner thing, is um, we want to pursue God. And uh, for us, that means a whole variety of things. It means uh, praying. It means coming and worship, worshipping him. But not just in, in word, but to pursue his actual real presence uh, moving amongst us. And it also means that we open up his word and, and seek him through that as well. So if you've got a Bible, perhaps you could turn to Luke chapter 10. Uh, Luke chapter 10. going to read a little... Uh, little bit of that. Um, those who are visiting won't know our, our friend uh, Gordon. Gordon's uh, uh, part of our leadership here and this morning he's preaching uh, out in, um, in Kampala or, or nearby. I'm not quite sure where he's preaching because there's a family of churches there but he'll be preaching in, in one of them and uh, I certainly prayed for him this morning. If you pray for him now it's probably an hour too late but uh, there we go. <laughs> I'm sure it all works somehow. Uh, that I don't know quite how, but uh, but but I was thinking about um, from time to time you're kind enough to send me out uh, travelling and preaching God's uh, word and training leaders. But what I want to dwell on this morning is the fact that everyone who's a believer is a sent person, sent by God into the world to bear fruit where they are, uh, uh, just like um, well, just like when you sow seeds. They don't, you know, you sow a seed, it falls into the ground, it grows where it is. And, and, and we've been sent, we're in various communities, various situations, workplaces, where we live, where we go to college or school, where we go for leisure. And, and wherever we are, uh, we're a sent people. Jesus said, I, I've called you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will hang around, fruit that will carry on existing and so I want to really uh, get us to try and understand that because it's something that we can think oh yeah I'm a Christian so I'm sent without sort of feeling the weight of that 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 where you live in fact the Bible says he, he determines the exact places where we live uh, which doesn't mean we get all screwed up whether I'm living in the right house or not it just means that wherever we go we accept that that there's a will for God he's put us in the street he's put us with the neighbors he's put us next to and and so on and so forth we are a sent people uh, and this particular passage Luke chapter 10 is about Jesus sending 72 people out so if I can just tell you a bit of uh, the background of that Jesus in the previous chapter uh, we read that he sent out 12 people into Galilee, which is right at the, the north part of Israel. So he's, he sent 12 out. That was six pairs because Jesus doesn't want us to be lonely. He sends us out with others. And that, that pattern continued in the rest of the New Testament. Paul and Silas, uh, um, Barnabas and, uh, and Mark, um, uh, Paul and Silas, I've done that already, Paul and Barnabas, tend to be going out in twos. And now Jesus is reaching a new phase of his ministry, and he's now sending out 72, which the math mathematicians will tell you is 36 pairs of people going out on a, a mission. Uh, uh, to every town he was about 
to go to. Now, this stage in the gospel, because about half the gospel is Jesus making his way to Jerusalem. So he's already decided he's going to the cross for you and me. He's going to die for you. He's going to die for me. He's going to take all the consequences of the wrong things I've said and done upon himself so that I can be forgiven. You can be forgiven through him. That's where he's working to. And these 72 are about to go into the south, into Judea, a new area. Later on, he's going to send 120, uh, which is 60 pairs. But he's running out of time in terms of his ministry. Uh, You may have noticed you don't live forever. And he's got six months, roughly six months left at this stage in the gospel. And he's sending these uh, disciples ahead. This was some advanced apostle training going on here. Uh, And he's sending them to announce there's a king. Would you like to know the king? There's a kingdom near. God's rule is coming. Would you want to be part of it? It It was a bit... Maybe you'd think, well, that's a bit vague, but it was also a bit intriguing. And their job was to find men of peace, as we'll see, to find out who was receptive. So the pressure's off us in terms of evangelism. What we're doing is we're trying to find out who's interested. That's all. We're trying to find out who, who might be receptive. Is there a man of peace around here? So that Jesus, in his last six months, would visit the places where there were receptive people. So that's sort of what's going on here. People need to hear about Jesus. They did then, and actually they still do now. So Jesus is providing this opportunity for them to learn and to grow and to be part of the mission which they're going to continue. So long introduction, but let's read Matthew 10. We read uh, verse, uh, maybe the first 23 verses. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go. I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. It's not very encouraging, but there we are. Do not take a purse or bag, or sandals. Do not greet anyone on the road. There's a sense of urgency here and dependency on God. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Don't move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what's offered to you. Heal those who are ill and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you welcome a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you, Cherazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. If the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. It will be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be lifted to the heavens? No, you'll go down to Hades. Whoever listens to you, listens to me. Whoever rejects you, rejects me. But whoever rejects me, rejects him who sent me. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. 
I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you are pleased to do. All things have committed, been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows who the Father is except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal to him. Then he turned to his disciples privately and said, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you, many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Well, there's way too much in that passage to go through um, verse by verse. That would take an hour or two, I imagine. But uh, I just want to talk really about the fact that we are sent as much as they were sent. We don't have the title of apostle. Uh, some people are called to that ministry by God. That's a sovereign thing. But, but we're, we're people who are a sent people. In fact, Jesus said to his disciples, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. So a believer is as sent as Jesus was sent into this world because God loved it. You're a sent person. Now, you might not be very aware of that. You might find it really exciting. You might find it really scary. Uh, we're beyond a spectrum, I imagine, this morning. But we're all sent into this world. And they were about to do this mission trip. And they came back. And I imagine some of them went pretty nervously. But they came back filled with joy. Uh, and so will we if we follow God and respond to him. The result is that sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes we're rejected, as Jesus predicted we would be. Sometimes people say, no, I don't want your message. At other times, there's people of peace who say, oh, I would like to know more about that. But the net result was they had the joy of knowing they were following Jesus and being used by him. There's no joy like that. There's, there's no joy better than saying, well, I did what God told me. Maybe it's I did what God told me. It didn't work out this time. It's still joyful. Sometimes it's, listen. Lord, look what happened. Demons came out. Fantastic. Sometimes, hey, someone got healed. Sometimes it's someone became a Christian as we prayed outside the granary this week or whatever it might be as I talked to someone in the staff room. So I want to, want to look at just a few things, a few characteristics of sent people. And, and the first is this. A sent people grow by being stretched. Yeah, I'm told, I'm not really a biologist, but I'm told that, that muscles grow by being stretched. Is that right? Yes, I got confirmation from a doctor, so I was right. Yay! Muscles grow by being used. If you don't use them, they, they atrophy, they, they get weaker, don't they? If you don't use muscles, if you've ever been laid up for four or five days in bed, you get up, you, you feel weak because you're not used to using your muscles. I did some gardening yesterday, which involved a bit of um, bending, and I only did about an hour. And I'm, I'm discovering muscles in places in my body that, that I, I, I thought, oh, didn't know I had one there, but because I'm, I'm all sort of stiff. And Why is that? Because I've, I've not been stretched regularly. We grow as a sent people by being stretched. And you see, these, these guys had known Jesus a relatively short 
time. They hadn't known him that long, and now they're being sent out. Can you, can you imagine that? You've been, I don't know, imagine you've been a Christian a year and a half, and, and Jesus says, right, go out in twos, and, and um, by the way, when you go into a house, heal anyone sick there, and uh, don't take any resources with you. You'll be all right. I'll look after you. Uh, just, just go and have a go. Can, can you imagine how you might feel a little bit vulnerable, a little bit nervous? But they grew by being stretched. And, and I, can I say this? We have to beware passivity. Just being, just being. Well, I'm just. Well, I'm a Christian, and the rest of my life is the same as everybody else's. No, actually, we grow by not being passive, but by, by saying, "God, I've got to go to. I've got to go to work Monday. I've got to go to the warehouse. I've got to go to the classroom. I've got to go sign on. I've got to go do this. Whatever it is you do, I, 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 I want to be." sent by you to those places i want to have a sense that you go with me and i'm going on your behalf the second thing is we have to beware intellectualism these guys didn't know very much in fact jesus specifically says hey i didn't really reveal this stuff to people that were very very bright paul says the same thing later on not many not many wise people are called by god it's nothing to do with how many files or christian courses you've done no, 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 it doesn't. You may know, know very little, but you're still sent by Jesus because you know what you know. Your story is your story. You share that. You say, hey, there's, there's a king I've met. Or you're in a conversation and someone says, oh, I'm really, oh, there was a storm last night. I get really scared. And you say, oh, I used to get really scared, but then I came to know God. And on, on you go. You grow by being stretched. Do you know? Oh, no, it's not. Nobody's saying amen and hallelujah because they think, oh, I don't want to be stretched. <laughs> we're, a bit, we're a bit weedy sometimes, aren't we? But actually, we grow by faith challenges. Being stretched in our faith is a good thing. It's maybe an uncomfortable thing. It's maybe a little bit of a challenging thing, but being stretched in our faith is a good thing. Can I, can I ask us, do, do we know we're, we're a sent church? You're a sent believer. If you, if you love the Lord Jesus, you're, you're sent at the school gate, sitting down in toddler group, wherever it might be, at your mates, with your mates in college, at the office, in the street you live. You're a sent person by God. So that, that should enable us to think, okay, well, I'll stretch my faith a little. I'll stretch out towards others. I'll stretch out and have a conversation, make an invite, give a tract or whatever it is we do. Let's be a people that grow by being stretched. You see, as we go, ascent people find faith as they go. You see, if, if you wait till you feel ready, my experience is you do very little. Do you know what I mean? I've never felt ready for anything. You know, I could wait to feel like now I'm wearing my knickers outside my pants and I've got a cape and I can leap over tall pastoral problems with a single bound. It doesn't work like that. I'm not Superman. I'm just a weak person, just the same as everybody else. And you, you actually grow in your faith by being stretched. See, I, I look back, when I was in my mid-twenties, I did my first church leadership, I think I was about 28 when we started, church leadership building project. I know that's not your experience, that's just mine. And, and before that, it, I'd, have to, I'd have to trust God for three years of um, 
uh, money to get through Bible college. I trust, trusted him for that, and it seemed to work out. Then it's, then it's, but that was just me. Now it's me and a group of, I don't know, 29 or so people trusting God to, to buy a building for the church. That, did I feel ready for that? No. But I learned to pray. Sometimes I was praying in faith. Sometimes I was just praying. I learned to pray in tongues. I wandered all around Lewis in East Sussex, wandered all around the towns early in the morning because I woke up and couldn't get to sleep again. Just praying. That, that stretched my faith. Few few years on, actually quite a decade and a bit on, I, I'm, I'm believing we're, we're trusting God for a bigger church building in, in, in Bedford, and now now we're here. And, and you know what? I still don't feel any more ready, but I can look back and say God's faithful, and God's faithful, and God's faithful. And when you stretch your faith and find that God comes through for you, then the next time you you at least can look back, still scared, but say God came through for me then; He'll come through for me now. See, it's, it's stretching your faith and finding faith as you go. That doesn't mean you do stupid things. You know, check things out with others. Be sure you've heard God. But let's move out and find faith. We have to move out of our comfort zone sometimes. And, and you find different sort of um, aspects of faith in this passage. There's faith to talk to someone. Now, we don't, we don't tend to enter the I don't know, a pub or a coffee shop and put, say, peace to all here. That's, uh, it's not the, kind of, not the kind of greeting that you go in for. But, but what he was talking about was being friendly and being outgoing. It, I, I don't know how you do it. Different countries and different cultures have different ways of greeting and being friendly. But what Jesus was saying was, go show yourself friendly and be friendly to those that look like they're going to be friendly back again. That's not rocket science, is it? That, that's actually the beginning of evangelism, believe it or not. So for all those who think you can't do evangelism, and I'll put my hand up because I'm not an evangelist, I'd say, but I know how to be friendly. So do you. So you be friendly, and, and, and he says, as you go, actually, when you some, someone is friendly back again, then the kingdom of God is near you. Ooh, is it? strange kingdom of god but that's what he's saying hey see when people welcome you talking to them and you have a rapport or you say i was in church on sunday and they they say oh that's boring well they're not that's not a person of peace but someone who says oh that's interesting i thought about going to church sometimes but i've never managed it that's a person of peace that's the person you think oh maybe maybe god is working among them and faith they had to have the faith to talk the faith to be outward going. The faith con- to continue when you feel vulnerable. Sometimes we do feel vulnerable. Je- Jesus, Jesus quite bluntly said, oh, you're just like a sheep amongst wolves. <laughs> I don't know if you ever feel like that. He said, oh, but I'm, I'm nervous of speaking. Someone might, you know, bite my head off. Actually, most people don't. But Jesus said, hey, you're, you will feel vulnerable. If you're to be a people who are sent, a people operating in faith, you'll feel a bit vulnerable. He then talks about faith for provision. He says, he says, he deliberately sent them out without enough. Isn't that interesting? Do you ever feel you're not enough? <laughs> oh, I'm the only honest person here. Ah. <laughs> I'll do it again. Do you ever feel you're not quite enough? Yeah, most of us do at some point or another. Jesus, Jesus sent, sent them out saying, I'm sending you out. I deliberately don't want you to take enough. 
so that you learn to depend on me, so that you learn that I'm enough for whatever situation you're going through. Faith to look for receptive person, this, this person of grace that's open to their message. If we're, we're running out of time, I'd love to talk about um, our faith being stretched by not being too picky as well, because Jesus then goes on to talk about eat what's set before you, but maybe we won't, we won't do that today. Good first for your little children, by the way, but there we go. <laughs> I did meet someone once that said they were called to China, but then went on about how they, uh, how they would never eat rice which I thought was quite funny, <laughs> quite, quite, quite a funny one. But you do meet people, don't you? Oh, I feel called to mission, but I must have hot and cold water. I must have an ensuite. I've got to be gluten-free. I've got to be this. I've got, you think, come on, eat what's set before you. Don't be a fusspot. Embrace some inconvenience. That's the principle. And you know, if we're to be a people of faith, a people that, that grow, a people that are ascent, we do have to embrace inconvenience there's little inconvenience in inconveniences like meeting in a room where it sounds like british rail are giving the announcements at the beginning that's just a that's just a teeny inconvenience isn't there what about if we what about if we end up meeting in a building that's not quite finished that that'd be a bit bigger inconvenience what about the inconvenience of going out and inviting people that you're a bit nervous of inviting to something that's a bigger inconvenience but Jesus says come on don't be picky embrace the inconvenience because you're a sent person and you find faith as you step out the third thing is this it's not so much in the passage but it's important to say that a sent people grow through sometimes making mistakes so it's, it's easy to have a view of the apostles that they were something other than what they really were that, that they were like the, the ones you see in these beautiful stained glass windows with a ready bit glow around them and that kind of thing. <laughs> they, they weren't like that. They were ordinary people sent out by Jesus, just like us. If you think some of the mistakes they made, James and John always wanting the top spot, oh, I'm believing for this kingdom, but when you, when you become real, really king, can I, have a, can I have a throne on your right and your left? I mean, they just, they missed the whole point of serving in the kingdom of God. They were after position. But Jesus didn't say, well, I'm not sending you. You're not ready. He said, no, no you, you carry on. What about the guys? Jesus comes back from the, uh, uh, from the Mount of Transfiguration, and they're all, they're all gathered around this poor child that they, they, who's demon-possessed, and they can't do anything. Jesus, and Jesus sighed, how, how long am I going to put up with you people of little faith? They were in over their heads. It seems to me that Jesus actually sometimes even set them up for failure. He knew that they wouldn't always succeed. He knew that they were immature. But he said, but I'm sending you and I'll be with you and I'll, I'll, you'll learn stuff. What about, what about Peter? Even at the end, he's just about to become an apostle, just about to, in a, in a few months' time to preach that sermon and 3,000 people get saved. And, and there he is taking out a sword and lopping off someone's ear. I mean, that's not apostle material, is it? What do you, what do you think? What, what, what if we were en- uh, encouraging someone towards eldership and we'd announce they're going to become an elder and, and they get out a great big sword and lop off Isaac's ear? Well, they'd be on a long waiting list again, wouldn't they? They'd be <laughs> going to stand in the corner for a thousand years or something. 
But Jesus didn't, he didn't say, I'm not sending you because, Peter, you locked off servants here. And by the way, what's that swearing and denying about? No, he, he restored him. What about, what about the guys on another occasion that said, Jesus, that village don't like you very much. How about we call down lightning on it? That would be cool. <laughs> that's not very Christian. I mean, that's, that is quite a big mistake, isn't it? From the guys that have just been hearing about, you know, love one another and love your enemies and all, all of that. Burn them, Lord. <laughs> Denying Jesus under pressure. They made so many mistakes. But did Jesus say, well, I'm rescinding. You know that sending thing? Forget it. <laughs> Forget it. We won't go there. You need to do another three years. Take your certificate again. You failed. Take it again. No, he didn't, didn't do that. Sometimes he had to rebuke them like he sometimes rebukes me. Sometimes he had to offer them encouragement and spur them forward. Usually he had to instruct them again. But he still said this. He said, you, the same people, the same group of people, you will do greater things than I've done because I'm going to my Father and I'm sending my Spirit. Isn't that encouraging? For all, all, most of us haven't called down lightning on anyone. Most of us haven't yet chopped off someone's ear. We might have felt like it, but we haven't. No, he sends us as he sent them because his spirit is with us. So I've sent people grow, sometimes through making mistakes. They find faith as they go. We grow through being stretched. And the last thing is they keep their eyes on the harvest. And lots more we could say. But let's keep our eyes on the harvest. Jesus sees the Judean people as a nearly ripe field ready for harvest. He says in, um, I think it's verse 2, the harvest is plentiful. Remember the story of the Samaritan woman? He said on that occasion in John chapter 4, the fields are white. In other words, there can be fruit in unlikely places. You could be surprised where you'll bear fruit. It doesn't always happen where you think it's going to happen. Sent people keep their eyes on the harvest. I don't think it's any accident that in, in the sovereignty of God, we, we bought a granary building. It's, a, it's all about a harvest field. We lift our eyes off of ourselves and towards the city and say, Lord, give us a harvest. And, and Jesus says that the, the main problem is this, there are too few workers. And, and in a time where manual labor was the order of the day, too few workers were a disaster because crops rot in the field if they're not harvested. I remember my, my father was a, a gardener, as was my granddad. And, but at harvest time, they, they just had to stop all the gardening stuff. Everybody on the estate was all called and you just labored. Got up at the crack of dawn, got home, I don't know, remember my dad getting home 11 o'clock at night, harvesting long and hard. Pray for workers, he said. We need harvest hands. In fact, Jesus says, so keep your eyes on the harvest that as well as being involved in going, you pray for more people to come and join you. See, see sometimes when we think of reaching out to people, we think, I wonder who else will do it. Jesus didn't think like that. He said, no, all do it. And then pray for more people to join you so that you can reach even more people. In fact, he uses a, a really vigorous word when he says, pray that the Father will send laborers. It's ekbalo, which is like the word we get ball from. Th 
throw it. It's a vigorous, energetic word, a release of energy as we see ourselves and pray for others to be sent into the harvest field. Some will receive the message, some won't. But there is a king who loves them. There is a kingdom that people can join where their sins are forgiven, where they're accepted and loved by a father in heaven, where they have a purpose for time and for eternity. And it's our job to know that we're a sent people. So, so I've struggled with the, the, the time and, and all the detail in the passage, but I hope, hope you've got the main thing. We are a sent people. So I, I don't know what you're doing tomorrow. I just don't know. I can imagine Katie would be doing some social work. I don't know what everyone else is doing. Somebody, some people in the GP surgery. There'd be some students going to college. Someone working in the factory. Someone working in their head office. Someone else doing working in a school. I'm just looking around. I don't know. We'll be doing different. Somebody will be fitting a kitchen. Somebody will be doing a college course. All sorts of. Some Brian will be playing golf probably. I don't know. He could be sent to the golf course, particularly the 19th hole. But wherever we are, let's be there for Jesus. That's not a heavy pressure. The pressure is not on us to do anything. It's, it's God who works. It's God who opens hearts. But let's be people who say, who have the faith to just be a little bit vulnerable, speak for him, and see who might be open to God. Can I pray for us? The kids will be coming in in uh, the next little while. But uh, I'll close in prayer. God bless you this week. Yeah. Heavenly Father, we, we're very ordinary in one sense. We feel our weakness. We really do identify with this group of apostles and, and the crazy mistakes they made, the misunderstandings, the foolishness sometimes. But we thank you that you don't write us off. You don't make us pass some high, difficult exam. You just ask us not to be passive, but to know wherever we go, we're sent by you. We thank you that, on the other hand, we're, we're extraordinary people because you have forgiven us. We're extraordinary people because your Holy Spirit lives in us. We ask you, Father, by your Holy Spirit, please give us an even greater sense of being sent. Sent to the communities where we live. Sent to the communities we relax in, the people we live amongst, wherever we work. Thank you that you have appointed us to go and find out who's open. Thank you that you take the pressure off at the same time as asking us to stretch out in faith. So we ask you that we would be a people who bear fruit as we follow after you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.